Matthew 27, Matthew 27. We're down in this chapter and the prosecution of the Lord, chapter 26, 47 to verse 66 of this chapter. Arrested, he is accused, he is assaulted, he is assassinated. We see, we've seen the soldiers and we're looking at the scene now. We've seen the carrier of the cross, the cups of the cross, and we did a separate sermon on that one. The crucifixion on the cross, the clothing below the cross, the citation above the cross, and we um, did a sermon there. The criminals alongside the cross, we did two different studies of those. Can you remember? There was one dying in sin, one dying for sin, and one dying to sin. You become a Christian. And so the, the Lord dying for our sin, Santa Cross. <clears throat> now we've, so we've seen the, these criminals. Here Matthew changed the subject or the topic dramatically in these verses and sitting down in verse 36, they watched him there and set up over his head he, his accusation written, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. Then there were two thieves crucified with him one on the right hand and the other on the left. And they that passed by reviled him. And so he was just telling the truth as is given, but showing how Pilate heaped insult upon injury. Insult in that he crucified the Lord of glory between two thieves. Injury calling Christ the king, but not believing that truth. Uh, he, in, in, in these few verses we have here. Then he crucified the king. Insulting the priest, the people, and the prince of glory, Pilate did here. He knew what he was doing. He wasn't stupid. He knew what he was doing. He will be paying for that. Um, <clears throat> and he filled the, the scriptures. That's something he didn't know. In Isaiah 53 verse 9, that he'd be, he'd be killed... With thieves, he, num he, he was numbered with the transgressors and uh, he, he died with the rich, put into the Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. So in doing what he did, Pilate fulfilled scripture. And um, are there other instances where people did that who were non-believers? Right throughout the Bible, kings and people that did that. Are there people in the future that will do that? fulfill the word of God and not know they're doing that? Yes. Right now, Mr. Putin and Ergon, whatever his name is in Turkey, and uh, the Ayatollah there in Iran, they're doing that. Don't know they're doing that. If they only knew what the end was, they would stop. Because <laughs> it's annihilation for their armies. That's where they're headed. We, we can say that as Christians. We're confident. That's what God said. Will happen as will happen. And so here, Pilate thought he was in control but the Lord was and the Lord knew what was happening <clears throat> now we go to the next point verse 39 <clears throat> excuse me the contempt of the scoffers at the cross let us pray thank you heavenly father for your control over all things on on this earth every person nation peoples they're all doing your bidding know it or not and I pray, Lord, that we would knowingly do your will. We would choose to follow you. We would gladly 
lovingly and joyfully participate in your will in our lives. And Lord, <clears throat> as we see our Saviour, your Son, the Lord Jesus, dying, that we'd be very appreciative of what has what happened to him that didn't happen to us, that it might be for us he died and was crucified. And bless these thoughts to our hearts tonight as we consider these people gathered around the cross and all the different things they did. And Lord, yes, a fulfilment again of scripture, but fulfilling a purpose for our redemption. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> The scoffers, the contempt of the scoffers at the cross. First of all, in verse 39 and 40, we read, And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. I've called this the rabble. <laughs> the common folk passing by. Did they know what Christ had done? Did they know what Christ had said? Yeah, by what they say here as they were passing by, they knew things that he had declared, things that he had said, because it's what they said. <clears throat> These common, common folk of Israel at the time, passing by, who knew who Christ was, what he had done, and what he had claimed. And they scorned him so here. These as, as then. And people today. Are in the majority. The common folks. The rabble that pass by. A lot of people pass by the cross. And go on their way. And forget what manner of men. They were or are. They hear the truth. And it's like, yes, it's like the parable, isn't it? Where the seed fell in the ground and fell among thorns or fell on the sidewalk and trampled down, taken by the, 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 the fowls of the air, snatched away from them. These people had heard this. Do, do unsaved people know a certain amount today? I know some people are totally ignorant of who Jesus is, but there's a lot of people... And I think today, probably more than ever, because of electronical media. <laughs> they can read up for themselves. Because of things that happen in nations that, you know, God's name is brought in, even though, like, like, you know, they dismiss him. As we mentioned the other day, they, they've taken out of insurance policies that um, it was an act of God. Because they don't believe in God, so they can't have it in there anymore. It's just things that subtly change and we don't realise but they know, they have heard. These people knew, these people have heard. Saying, thou destroyest the temple? They had heard that saying and that was passed around. He's going to destroy the temple. And he's going to build it in three days. What a joke, they thought. Huh. They didn't get what he was saying. Destroy this temple and in three days it will be raised up again. And it was. Uh, truly was even even the people that were close to the Lord didn't get that did they because they were on the Emmaus road walking down and uh, he reasoned with them from the scriptures and it wasn't until he prayed and gave thanks that they realized who he was how how senseless sometimes our thinking is 
We're not aligning ourselves with the word of God. And let's think it through. And those that meditate will see the things of God as you study the word of God. And the light will come on. (laughs) Ha, I see. I see. I pray that we do. But not as these rabble that just go on. And they are in the majority. If we just go back to Matthew chapter 7. Chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. Entered in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. These people on their way past the cross are on the broad road leading to destruction, and many there be that go in that way. And I think it's been emphasized a little bit here lately that what percentage of go on their way as the rabble just say, Oh, man on the cross, who's he? What percentage of people are like that today? Go on their way, pass by the cross and keep on going in life. 95, 90, 98. That's the majority of people think that way. And when things start happening in this world, right soon, I think, then they'll say, hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne. It'll come true. Reality will strike home and nothing they can do to change it. And what a terrible way to to know what's going to happen. Like the Jewish nation, to know what's beginning to happen, to know the days that are numbered, and to know that two-thirds of them are going to be destroyed. They'll be asking the question, is it me? Uh, I'm I'm one in three, two in three chances, if you like to use that word, of being killed during this time. In the next seven years, they could think that way, but you can't change it. Today is a day of opportunity. Today is a day of grace. Today is a day when we can come to the Lord. Let's not be in the majority that reject. If you're here and you're giving your head assent to the Lord and not a heart change, you need to get saved and come to the Lord because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. <clears throat> The, ma- the majority are, last week, always, always wrong. wrong yeah. So don't worry if you're in the, in the minority. If you're at school, at work, and the majority is saying, no, no, not true. You and God are majority. Well, God is a majority. <laughs> Sin, suffering, and God's silence about them are certainly seen on this occasion here. What might have the father done if he had rema- if he had not remained silent? What could have the father done? What it's it's love that restrained him from doing something to this rabble that passed by mocking the Lord on the cross. What could have he done? Yeah, he said that, didn't he? Well, Multitudes of angels could come. He could have spoken the word and everything. He could have answered in wrath. Everything could have been destroyed. Fire and brimstone could have come to destroy them in a moment. And has it Sodom and Egypt with the plagues. But God was at this time in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their sins to them, but taking the sins upon himself. And so the silence of God was not one of callous indifference toward his son, but one of love and compassion and grace and forbearance of sovereign degree 
and certainly not of human origin in his silence here at the rabble and their mocking the thing. And it's been so for 6,000 years that God is silent. And because of the silence of God, what do the people say? Well, since the fathers have fallen asleep, all things have continued as they were. God's not there. Nothing has changed. They think it's that he's not going to do anything. He will. And he, he's promised to. And the, the promises he's said he would and that he has fulfilled, he did do it exactly as he said. And he will do all the others too. And believe the, believe the promises of God. So you've got the rabble. And then you've got the rabbis in verse 41. <clears throat> Back in Matthew chapter 27. Well, the last part of verse 40. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Hmm. That's a temptation, isn't it? It could have easily been, but the love of the Lord kept him on the cross. Likewise, in verse 41, likewise, as these, these rabble have done, this passerbyers, likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said this, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down. Well, now come down from the cross and we will believe him. They hadn't up till now, and he'd done the miracles that he had done. They would have tried to kill the evidence in Lazarus, and we will believe him. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have believed him. You sort of, why didn't just the Lord do that? <laughs> no, there was other purposes. He's on the cross. He was staying there. And so <clears throat> we see their ranks in verse 40, 41. The three groups are delineated here for us. It was bad enough for the careless rabble to hurl insults at the dying saviour. But what can we say about the chief priest, the scribes and the elders? The great among the people, the intelligentsia, the elite, the leaders, the cream of Jewish society, the leaders of the Sanhedrin, the nobility of Israel, the social, secular and spiritual heads of the nation scoffed at him. Now, we've got to be honest, whether you like it or not, and the evidence is before us as a generation now, when the Jewish people get together and put their heads together, can they do things? Are they smart cookies? They are. God knew that when he chose Abraham. And God knew that. And they're inventing medical things, military things over there that we know nothing about, but we do benefit from a lot of things they invent. Now, that's just the way they are. And these people weren't dummies. But they were too smart for their own boots, weren't they? In scoffing and mocking at the Lord. It, just because you've got the smarts doesn't mean you've got the wisdom to go with it. And the humility to go with it too. And this is what they needed to do. They needed to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and he would exalt them in due time. And in spite of their hatred, their scoffing and all the things they've done, God is going to exalt them as he humbles them prior to that. And they look upon him whom they pierced and they mourn. They, they mourn for what they have done. So what blindness, what abysmal abuse, what satanic darkness and hellish hate is seen from these that are supposed to be the religious leaders and, and <laughs> accepting the Messiah as their Messiah. Um, <clears throat> let's go back to 600 years prior to this 
to Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 9 and see the religious leaders of Israel. Things haven't changed much, you know. <laughs> we go 6,000 years or 600 years before Christ. We can go 2,000 years after Christ to our day and we can read in the Bible about the way it was before Christ at his coming and in the future. In Jeremiah chapter 23. Woe be to the pastors who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. This is Jeremiah speaking this time before the captivity from the Babylonians of the two southern tribes. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors who feed my people who have scattered my flock and driven them away have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries to which I have driven them. And I'll bring them again to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who shall feed them and they shall not fear no more nor be dismayed neither shall they be blacking, saith the Lord. That's what the Lord had to do and has done and is going to do for Israel. Have there been shepherds or pastors as the word is used here that have fed the flock of Israel? No, not since this time. Not since this time that Jeremiah wrote this. Because we're looking at the Lord's time and what are they doing? They're mocking. They're scoffing at the Lord Jesus. And they're still scoffing at the Lord Jesus. They get angry about that when you speak his name. But one day the Lord will give them shepherds over them that will feed them. Uh, saith the Lord in verse 5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and he shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel, two tribes and ten tribes, twelve tribes, shall dwell safely, and his name, whereby he shall be called, is who? Now, can you mistake who that is? <laughs> I don't think you can, unless you're blind spiritually. The Lord our righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King that shall be raised up to do that. But the Lord has to take them through some terrible times, some scattering, as in verse 1, and... Uh, and wake these hard-hearted, scoffing people to the truth who their Messiah is. And you can read on in that. You can read on in Ezekiel 34. We won't go there. Where the Lord gets on to the shepherds of Israel. These scoffers and mockers, these descendants of those people in Ezekiel and Jeremiah's day, are back in Israel at the Lord's time. Still scoffing, still mocking. What does it take for men to bend and bow the knee? What ruinous things does God have to bring in, into this world to make the world's people, the rabble and the rabbis, to bow and bend their knee? Well, we know, according to Scripture, what will need to be done. Now, okay, we've been at, at, on the Jewish case, the, the rabbis, but speak of the Gentiles for a while. Are we any different? Is the world any different? Still scoffing? Still mocking? What a wonderful day when that stops happening. <laughs> when the peoples of the world will recognize the Lord Jesus, then there will be peace in all the earth. <laughs> Not until then. Um, <clears throat> their ridicule is seen in verse 42. We see their ranks, the, 
the leaders of Israel, chief priests, scribes and elders. Another place that talks about the prophets and the priests in the Old Testament rejected the Lord. Um, <clears throat> their ridicule, verse 42, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. <laughs> These hard-hearted religious bigots, arrogant, angry, unbelieving, ignoramuses I put down, <laughs> uttered these words with malicious intent, but proclaimed in so doing the very things that Christ claimed about himself. Notice that? The things that they said about him were what he claimed about himself. He saved others. The Lord Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. <laughs> he, he said, I come first to the, or go first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That, yeah, and and he gave the Lord gave the parable of the lost coin, the lost. That's the last one. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, second. Yeah, the lost sheep and the lost son, didn't he? He talked about that, and he he, he said there's rejoicing in heaven when something is found, especially the lost son, the lost sheep, and brought the lost sheep home. He saved others. He certainly did. <laughs> And certainly does and will save other people, doesn't he? Um, <clears throat> yes, that's Luke 19.10. He's come to seek and to save that which is lost. Luke presented Christ as the saviour of sinners. And uh, he wrote the gospel of Luke to the Greeks. That's where it's geared to and their understanding. He wrote... The next saying, he saved others himself he cannot save, if he be the king of Israel. If thou be the king of Israel. This is directed to the Jewish people. And this Christ presented himself as, didn't he? When the, when the, the wise men come down, in, where is he that's born king of Israel? And they didn't say, and the, when, when, when Herod asked, where is your prophet say this one's to be born? They didn't say he wouldn't be born, but they said he would be born. And where would he be born? In Bethlehem, Ephrata, in the Old Testament, the king of Israel. Um, <clears throat> and who presents him so in the Gospels? The Gospel of Matthew presents him as the king of Israel. Just, just quickly do that. Matthew 2, 2. Matthew 2, 2. <laughs> there <clears throat> it reads saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? As we just mentioned, 21 and verse 5 of the book of Matthew. Over near where we are, 21 verse 5. <clears throat> and we have written, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, the colt, the foal of an ass. And 25 and verse 3 of the book of Matthew. And he is presenting the Lord as king. 25 verse 34 then shall the king say unto them on his right hand in judgment in the future it's the king the lord jesus in verse 40 of the same chapter and the king shall answer and say unto them verily i say unto you and that's in the judgment there and then where we are in chapter 27 and verse 11 and jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him saying art thou the king of the jews and jesus said unto him thou sayest and so these rabbis, in mocking the Lord Jesus, were saying exactly what the Lord said of himself. 
He saved others. I come to seek and to save that which is lost. He is the king of Israel, if thou be the king of Israel. And then the third thing that they said there is, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. In verse 43, let him deliver him now. He trusted in God. And what gospel presents him as the divine servant and trusting in the Lord? The gospel of Mark, written to the Romans. So written to the Greeks, written to the Jews, and written to the Romans. And it's all summed up in this one little verse here, in the mocking of these people, not knowing they're really saying what the Lord said. (laughs) And he is a servant. He took a towel, girt himself, and served them. And then verse 43, the last part of it, If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. Did Jesus claim to be that? Yes. Is is that claim true? Yes. And what gospel portrayed him as the Son of God? The Gospel of John. So in a summary, in one verse, in the scoffing of these people, they were saying what he said about himself and uh, saying the truth but mockingly saying it. They didn't like that at all, did they? (laughs) They rent their garments when he declared himself, Art thou the Son of God, and thou sayest. And the Lord represented that in the Gospel of John. He, he was the word that was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. Gospel of John. Okay, you see the, the rabbis and they're mocking him there. The rabble, and now thirdly we come to the robbers. In verse 44. The thieves also who were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Said the same. They, they, they were mocking too. Not the time to be mocking when you're dying. And some people do. And these two thieves, <clears throat> though worthy of death, cast the same at the Lord Jesus and he was unworthy. But one thief woke up, spiritually awoke at that time. Even they in their certain and near death looked down on the Saviour and said what the religious leaders said. Uh, One malefactor, as we've looked at before, the three crosses, said "We're we're justly condemned. He's not. What sin has he done? He said he repented and believed. But both, to begin with, were mocking, according to this verse here, blasphemed, insulted and abused the Lord Jesus. Now we see in verse 45, from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. So from the sixth hour, what time is that in Israel? How did they use their clocks? Still listening? 12 o'clock, midday. So from noon, sixth hour, so you, I know we being as we do with our clocks, we time it differently. I was talking to Andrew yes, twice this week and one day I saw quiet over here. <clears throat> They're having Sabbath. <laughs> so, okay, nothing stirring. <clears throat> Pray for Monique's okay too, just, yeah. She's improving. She got crooked there. But that, that comes to mind when I think there. The cloud covering the cross. The darkness over all the, la- all the land until the ninth hour. 
At high noon, an unearthly darkness suddenly descended over the whole land. At midday, it became midnight for three hours. Now, they just said, show us something. Come off the cross. What did the Lord do? What did God do? Darkness. I wonder what they were then thinking. They were looking at the cross and then a sudden darkness come. What's going on? I'm sure the Gentile soldiers, the Roman soldiers, you know, this is is midday. I haven't got my clock set wrong. It shouldn't be dark. It must have made them think. Wouldn't it make you think? I mean, what would it make you think if it all come dark here? I remember where I was standing when something like this happened. Eclipse, yeah. I was at Sumar Street. I knew it was going to happen. I was outside and waiting for it to happen, and it went dark. It not real dark, just little dark. When the sun was covered at midday, but this <clears throat> this was three hours. No human eyes were allowed to gaze on the Lord's last hours. It seems of what happened in those dreadful hours, we know nothing. It's not written in Scripture, and maybe that's. What Psalm 22 is talking about in, in verse 12, my God, my God, when this cry was made, why hast thou forsaken me? And there's verse 11 of Psalm 22, there is none to help me. And verse 12 of Psalm 22, compass me about and beset me with the evil beasts that he spoke of there. He humbled himself and became obedient to the cross, even to the death of the cross. <clears throat> And so the Lord entered into a darkness of body and soul and spirit into some in suffering that we cannot comprehend or understand for the sins of the world, for your sins and for my sins. He was dying on the cross in this darkness. And it was the darkest hour. This is the darkest hour of all human history, even greater than what that will be in the tribulation of the seven years of terrible, terrible times. This is where sin was dealt with. And God could not look upon his son, the Lord Jesus, because he was bearing our sins in his own body on the tree at that time, and darkness ensued. But from the darkest hour come the brightest light, did it not? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And then we go to verse 46, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama shabakathani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And this, was, this cry was just made at the end of the last, the ninth hour, where dar- the darkness was about to lift. And with his last ounce of life, he endorsed and fulfilled the Old Testament as he quoted part of that from the Old Testament and what will be the plight and terror and horror of a lost soul in hell being abandoned by God and left to die will it not be my God my God why hast thou forsaken me just as the Lord was abandoned by his so a person going to hell there will be no ever opportunity again to to get right with God and to know God abandoned by him for eternity in the punishment of hell he who knew no sin was made sin for us hebrews 9 i think it's 19 he bore our sins in his own body on the tree first peter 2:24 we did esteem him stricken and smitten of god and afflicted isaiah 53:4 
For the transgressions of my people was he stricken, Isaiah 53, 8. It pleased the Lord God to bruise him and make his soul an offering for sin, Isaiah 53:10. My righteous servants shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities, Isaiah 53:11. And Isaiah 53:12, he poured out his soul unto death, he bore our sins. Sorry, bore the sins of many. <clears throat> so this gives a vivid picture of Christ's suffering and what he did and who he did it for. You think of the Old Testament. There's a vivid picture given of the day, in the day of atonement. There was two goats. One was a scapegoat. One was an offering. And they prayed over the scapegoat over, and uh, recited the sins of the children of Israel. When that category of the whole list of sins were finished, the goat was handed over to a fit man and he took him way, way out into a desert place. A land not inhabited, Leviticus 16.21. There, far from human haunts and far from its kind, other goats. It was abandoned amid a scene of appalling desolation. Not a blade of grass, not a drop of water was found there. Indescribable loneliness and isolation. It raised its cry as you hear a goat bleating, which was answered with total silence. The Lord Jesus was suffering in total outer, as it were, abandonment. And no one was saying, why, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why is there no answer? This had never happened in etern for eternity. Thus our Saviour suffered. As one said, his orphan cry rang up to heaven and the only answer in the darkness was impenetrable, imponderable, complete silence. What did some who stood by there in verse 47 do? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said he, This man crieth for Elijah. What did another do? <laughs> well, straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and give, gave him to drink. And the, and the rest said, Let it be, let us see whether Elijah... Now, they gave all sorts of interpretations of what was going on and they didn't have a clue, did they? <laughs> he wasn't calling for Elijah calling out to his God and he was saying why well, have you forsaken me and this is what happened in 50 verse 50 Jesus when he had cried again with a loud voice yielded up the ghost so he suffered for who who killed Jesus we all did we all did he died for our sins he was crucified to pay for what we have done wrong and um I don't know if you've ever been unjustly judged or found guilty of something that you weren't guilty of, but this was the Lord. <laughs> found guilty, but not guilty at all. And you know the feeling of a little bit <laughs> of what it is to be unjustly judged as he was. But he was doing it for us. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done on our behalf and uh, the terrible hour of death when you gave up the ghost and the darkness and the abandonment and the silence of heaven to your cries. But Lord, you have done this as the perfect sacrifice for our sins, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world to bear our iniquities.
Thank you, Lord, and may we avail ourselves of the forgiveness that comes from this death and be saved. Not our righteousness, but yours. Bless us as we consider these thoughts and um, think of them through the coming days. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.